0: According yes. to a University of Oxford led study looking mostly at American patients, one in three COVID-19 survivors suffer from a neurological or mental disorder within six months of infection. Why does a virus cause mental disorders?
1: Well, researchers have actually been identifying this rise in mental health issues among COVID survivors for some time. A large study actually found 20% of those infected were diagnosed with a psychiatric disorder within 90 days. And the most common were anxiety, depression and insomnia. Uh, but some also have higher risk of dementia, and now, as this study suggests, stroke. There are many factors why this increase is observed. There are indirect effects, you know, the new norms, the isolation, having to work from home, pay cuts, loss of income. But then there's also, you know, the contracting of the COVID-19 and the anxiety that it brings on, and of course, you know, the seriousness of the infection, the hospitalization, the treatments that are given, and the duration of stay. So, in fact, prior to this whole COVID pandemic, We've actually observed post-viral dengue fever, depression, and anxiety. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it it happens even with dengue. And these were actually considered related to a direct effect of the virus on the brain, just like in COVID. But it can also be due to reduced neuroimmune response or even a compromised immune system. So in most patients, it's a combination of factors, really. So how
0: do you go about treating a mental condition then that's based on or caused by a virus?
1: Yeah, well, the treatment's the same as for patients with no existing COVID infection. It's important to be aware of the increased risk of these conditions and screen them so that they're picked up early. I mean, 17% developing depression or anxiety is a big number. Mm. That's one in five. And, you know, the earlier the management, the treatment is provided, the better the chances of, you know, recovery. Post-recovery also, it's important to follow these patients up and continue to screen for mental health issues for three to six months, You know, typically the treatment will follow a biopsychosocial approach and those who are maybe characterized as moderate or severe depression or anxiety, then antidepressants together with therapy and family therapy and even group therapy will be essential.
2: For people who are already suffering from depression and then they get COVID-19, how detrimental could that be to their health? So
1: actually there are some small surveys that suggest the risk of relapse, the risk of exacerbation of Mm. their pre-existing mental health condition is much higher to COVID as well. And I think that's, you know, logical to say the least in terms of how the virus works and, you know, the impact on the individual and people around them as well.
0: Dr. Philip, World Parkinson's Day happened just over the weekend, and doctors discussed how depression and anxiety could be the symptoms leading to Parkinson's disease. So how does a physical illness like Parkinson's develop from mental disorders like depression and anxiety?
1: Well, Parkinson's disease is the second most common neurodegenerative disorder after dementia. Hmm. And the condition is more common in men than in women. Oh, really? Yep. But uh, in dementia, it can be more often in women. So, you know, the prevalence of Parkinson's increases with the... Age and only about 4% of Parkinson's cases are diagnosed before the age of 50. But, you know, as with age increases, the percentage, the prevalence increases as well. So, as with dementia, it's a progressive brain disease. So, with time, it actually gets worse. Oftentimes, just like in dementia, it can start with psychological symptoms. Anxiety or depression might be the first few symptoms that a patient with Parkinson's actually shows. And then later on, the physical symptoms, you know, the overall body body movements and the bradykinesia or the slow movements and all of that may come in. Mm. So although Parkinson's is mainly a body movement problem, mental health issues are very common in about even 70 to 80 percent. So these mental disorders can of course worsen the quality of life and, you know, make physical disability even worse.
0: So talking earlier about sort of COVID affecting the brain, so is it because it's a neurological thing, your brain's being affected, that somehow whether it's the form, the cells of the brain, excuse my yeah. layman's terms, or the yeah. chemistry that's happening, that basically the anxiety and depression is a symptom of that. Mm.
1: Well, I mean, basically in a progressive brain disorder, it affects all parts of the brain, which includes our emotions, feelings and thoughts. So in Parkinson's especially, it's mostly in the lower brain, not in the frontal lobes. And, you know, it's in the area which is responsible for coordinating our movements. And that's very close to our limbic lobe, which is the seat of emotions and feelings and thoughts. Right. So it's all linked. It's all going to be linked together generally.
0: So knowing that Parkinson's is a lifelong illness can... And treating the depression and anxiety reverse the effects of Parkinson's?
1: As Parkinson's progresses, it becomes more debilitating. So it may not actually be able to reverse because it's all a symptom of the Parkinson. Mm-hmm. You can't, you yeah. know, just manage the tremor and say, OK, Parkinson's better. you got to also deal with the bradykinesia, mm-hmm. the, you know, all the other symptoms as well. Mm-hmm. But of course, it can maybe reduce the disability and the prognosis because together uh, depression and anxiety can make the illness even harder mm. to manage and the outcomes and prognosis can be worse.
0: Dr. Philip, mental health, as you've been saying, you know, never been more important than it is right now. It's also never been under more of an intense threat, rocking our psychological well-being, leaving employers and employees really struggling. Mm. Dr. Jared Conrad, Senior Director of the Human Insights and HTM Evangelism at Ultimate Kronos Group, says employers should be proactive when a worker discloses a mental health issue. Mm. Now, what are some of the psychological issues that are faced by employees at the workplace during these times?
1: Well, most common mental health issues during the pandemic are depression, anxiety, insomnia and post-traumatic stress states. These conditions are exaggerated when there are new challenges at work like pay cuts or job loss risks or cutting down staff that makes work for those remaining increase or even working from home and following new norms if it is working at the office. All these, apart from knowing that the workplace is a risk for contagion in this pandemic, can mm. increase mental health disorders in those who are coping maybe perfectly or fine before.
0: Fight or flight is, you know, switched on. So we're kind of yeah. always in a state yeah. of panic. Yeah, because yeah.
2: John is leaving. I'm going to have to cover his slack, right? Mm. Wow. Cover his in slack. In this dangerous and, environment. You, know, you worry
1: that you might be the next yeah. John as yeah. well. Right, right.
0: So yeah. how important is support, especially for those who are struggling?
1: Well, that's the, that's the issue, isn't it? For mm. a long time now, mental health is looked upon with prejudice, fear and skepticism in the workplace. And often patients are worried to even disclose their mental health issues. Mm. This leads to, you know, absentism and presentism, where they are physically there, but not mentally. You know, for serious mental health conditions like bipolar or schizophrenia, this is understandable. So employers then may want to work closely with the treating mental health team to see how best to support the individual. But these are actually really rare conditions the more common ones are depression anxiety and insomnia all of which is on the rise due to COVID now these are conditions that you can actually recover a hundred percent so there should be more support there should be less stigma and greater accessibility for employees to seek mental health services for these conditions in the interest of the organization at large really. but
2: how do you do that though? as an employer you're so mm. worried about profits and hoping your business doesn't go down as it is right now how do you support yeah. your employees who are going through this
1: well it's shedding that prejudice and taboo associated with mental illness and offer all employees perhaps the opportunity to seek professional help with support and then provide workplace support to assist in recovery. You know, I need to ask my patients, are you comfortable if I write an MC for you? Because some of the workplaces, maybe sometimes, sadly, our local employers would look at a medical chit written, signed by a psychiatrist and say, whoa, I think you mm. might not right, be right. staying with us very long. I so see. the stigma
0: comes along yeah. with you. So- The stigma
1: hits them enormously. Mm. I mean, I want to tell a lot of my patients' employers that Mm. they need a little time to maybe do less, have some light duty that helps in their recovery. Mm. You know, that might mean about one or two weeks. And it helps enormously
2: in their recovery process as well. Mm. Right, so suffer a bit in the short term as an employee, but then long term, you have your... You have your employee. It's a fiddle
0: and ready to go. Absolutely children experiencing cognitive problems such as low attention, poor memory, or lack of inhibition may later suffer mental health issues as teenagers and young adults. So Dr. Philip, this is talking about targeting specific markers in childhood for early treatment to help minimize the risk of children developing certain psychopathological problems in adolescence and adult life, such as borderline Mm. personality disorder, depression, and psychosis. So what are cognitive problems and and how do they affect a child?
1: Well, cognitive development means how children think, explore and figure things out. It's the development of knowledge, skills and problem solving and decisions which help children to understand the world around them. Brain development is part of cognitive development and the pre- brain is still developing in children, gets fully developed by the age of 18 to 20 and a cognitive impairment is a term used when a person has certain limitations in their mental functioning in skills such as communication, self-help and even social skills. So these limitations will cause a child to learn and develop more slowly than the typical child. But apart from intellectual disability, there can be other cognitive disabilities like problems with low attention mm. or poor memory or lack of inhibition. These were the ones... Uh, in cognitions that were specifically looked by the researchers at university of birmingham and they found that these conditions often predate a more serious mental health issue in teenagers suggesting that one they could be predictive early signs basically yeah i mean they could be different from the condition or they could be part of the condition and be the preliminary signs signs. they identified that those children who had poor attention or attention deficits had a higher risk of developing borderline personality. Those who had lack of inhibition had higher risk of psychosis and those with poor memory had higher risk of mood disorders or mania.
0: So what's the best and if there is such a thing you know best and safest course of treatment that could correct a child's trajectory before they reach adolescence?
1: Identifying it early and addressing the specific cognitive deficit is what the authors are recommending and this may be perhaps prevent the development of more sinister psychiatric conditions, but also preventive strategies focused on, you know, easing specific cognitive issues. They could really help to reduce the likelihood of children developing these mental health problems in adolescence. So this will include, you know, better parent-child relationships, balanced diets, regular exercise, and mental and physical stimulation, not just relying on gadgets and social media to do the proxy parenting, you know, mm-hmm.
0: Dr. Philip, a recent project by Toronto-based charity Over the Bridge seeks to raise awareness on the ill mental health of musicians by releasing new music from artists who died young and who suffered from mental health problems. The project, titled Lost Tapes of the 27 Club, has once again emphasized the mental health crisis facing many in the industry. The folks uh, at Over the Bridge use an innovative new AI program called Magenta, which scanned 30 songs by each of the chosen artists. Nirvana, Amy Winehouse, mm. Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, from the doors yeah. the, and the AI program then sort of analyze vocal melodies chord changes guitar riffs lyrics even to generate new music by each of the artists so I guess you could call it AI generated right, music yeah, yeah. from those
1: artists yeah. um,
0: how will AI such as this help us in the pursuit of better
1: mental health well how about if it makes me a singer I change <laughs> my <laughs> voice to become famous <laughs> well, um, I'm no, not quite sure how I feel about not that not <laughs> sure. okay, okay let's get honest yeah. he was right, a great uh, doctor yes <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, artificial intelligence is actually bringing a lot to mental health it's bringing therapy to more people who need it in fact it seems that ai for mental health could be a real game changer but the question is is it effective the, currently the long-term efficacy has not been thoroughly tested but the initial results are actually quite promising mm-hmm. of course there are some people who may require different types of therapeutic engagement and treatment than a virtual session can provide it can still make mental health services more accessible and 24-7, in fact. So some examples of this include the Vobot, which is a chatbot on Facebook that Mm -hmm. resembles instant messaging. This digital health technology asks about your mood and thoughts, listens to how you feel, learns about you, and offers evidence-based sort of behavior therapy. Then there's Emma. Emma Speaks Dutch is a bot designed to help with mild anxiety. This is the one that I like the most. Karim speaks Arabic and has been assisting Syrian refugees struggling to cope wow. really atrocities of war. Yeah, their first randomized control trial with Wobot actually showed that just after two weeks, participants actually did experience a significant reduction in depression and anxiety.
0: That's incredible. Yeah. That's better stats than... <laughs> Some doctors can. <laughs> but moving swiftly on to my next question. Um, what can we learn from musicians then who, you know, suffered each day with mental health problems and then apply those to our own lives?
1: Well, there's two sides to the coin here. We know that media reporting of celebrity suicides can actually lead to augmentation in copycat mm. suicide phenomenon historically known as the Werther effect. You know, after Robin Williams passed away, the average suicide rate increased from 113 to 142 per oh D.
0: My goodness. And
1: in addition, among the people who did die from suicide immediately after his death, around two thirds of them used a method identical to him. But in contrast, calls to helplines actually increased twofold. Oh, so, that's also good. Yeah, exactly. But currently, the general public is getting the bulk of their mental health education from movies, television, and entertainment news, which where, is not
2: necessarily the right yeah, information um, you want, right?
1: Unless representation is done appropriately. I mean, storytelling telling by musicians that's a powerful tool Mm. to actually help destigmatize mental health and make help seeking more normalized there are many who seem to have done this in the developed countries but sadly maybe not enough in developing countries like ours research has actually shown that if every member of the public knew someone with a mental illness i mean if you were connected with someone tom jones or whatever Mm. it is The stigma would significantly decrease if they told you that they had a mental health problem. And highlighting the positive impact of Mm. this self-disclosure actually normalizes mental health in the wider population.